what sort of things are you doing for exercise at the moment? Uh, so if we can just do a, a quick show of hands, how many of you are, are walking uh, fairly regularly at the moment? Yeah, so we've got a few of you that are walking. Uh, home fitness, uh, if you're doing things in, in the home, like uh, connecting with uh, home gyms or that sort of stuff, uh, whether it be treadmills or exercise bikes and, and that sort of thing. Um, gardening, who's been doing some gardening? Oh, yes, Terry and Lynn are double hands. Yep, there's plenty of gardening for you guys as well. Uh, so there's a whole range of different things that we can be doing uh, when we're trying to find some different ways to exercise. One of the things that we recognise is that with the, the whole side of, um, of exercise and needing to be able to do that is the challenge of um, wanting to make sure that we uh, are able to exercise in such a way that it's really good and really helpful for us. And one of the things that we recognise is that there is huge benefits in walking. Um, walking has long been documented as having uh, great health benefits for people, whether it be for healthy body weight, um, helps your lungs, your heart, blood pressure, strengthens bones and muscles as well. And walking also has the added benefits of improving your mood and improves your balance and coordination. The account that Aletha just read before from Luke 24, 13 tells the story of two people going for a walk, something that was not only good for their health, but also transformed their lives as well. And one of the things that um, we uh, recognize in in that space is that um, it is really good for us to be able to go for um, those walks but if you have your Bibles with you then I invite you to turn to Luke 24 verse 13 so if you've got your Bibles Luke chapter 24 uh, verse 13 now while we don't know the exact location of where Emmaus was um, it's been lost in history it has been suggested that it was located around a two hour sort of a walk from uh, a walk about west, northwest of Jerusalem. Uh, the Passover for the year had ended and Sunday provided an opportunity for people to begin making their way back to their homes throughout the Judean countryside. But, but before Cleopas and his walking companion headed back home, from their visiting of Jerusalem for the Passover festival, they were confronted with these stories of an empty tomb. As the pair walked towards the afternoon sun, they were intently discussing and trying to reconcile the impossibility of the absurd and conflicting accounts of Jesus. Perhaps they considered that Jesus may have had a stunt double uh, to do the crucifixion instead of himself, but if that was the case, then Mary and John and the other Mary, they would have spotted this stand-in. Maybe Jesus didn't really die. But then the, test, the, the soldiers testified to Jesus' death. And there are those that were at the crucifixion who were involved in burying him. They knew that Jesus had died. But the Messiah can't die. That's not the way the story goes. That's not our assumptions of the Messiah. And, and if he does die, then where is God in all of this? So intent in their discussions and debate. 
they didn't at first notice another joined them as they were walking back to Emmaus. Not only does this blow-in insert himself into the conversation, but he must have been living behind a rock for these past few days, not knowing what was going on. So with heavy hearts, they given this ignorant enlightenment. Jesus was a prophet, someone who did powerful miracles, a mighty teacher, and was favoured by both God and man. But the priests and the religious leaders condemned him to death, so he was crucified. With his death, our hopes, our assumptions, our expectations that Jesus was the Messiah died with him. But as they were trying to get, as we were trying to get our heads around his death, early this morning, some of the women who were also followers of Jesus, like us, said his body was missing. And the angels told them Jesus was alive. Peter and John ran to see if it could be true. And sure enough, the body was gone. You drongos, Aussie Jesus might have said. You foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote about him in the Old Testament. Then starting from the writings of Moses and then the first five books of the Old Testament, then skipping like a stone through the sacred scriptures, touching here and there. Jesus builds this case, the strong argument as to why the Old Testament breathes life into the true identity of the Messiah. As the three walked, Cleopas and his companion soaked up all that Jesus had to say like a sponge, hanging off every word. They couldn't get enough of it. So they begged this blow-in to stay and say more. Contempt had turned to honour as they invited their guest to bless the bread as they sat to tuck in to some well-earned food. Perhaps you know of someone that has a certain way about them. It's almost as a tell as it were, this idiosyncrasy or the way that they behave, a way that uh, they, they pull their hair behind their ears or, or a way they walk or eat or drink, something that they do that you would recognise them anywhere. Well, for whatever it was, for these two, as soon as they saw Jesus tore the bread, tear the bread, there was this instantaneous recognition. Their eyes were open to the identity of their traveller. Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus, their Messiah. Verse 32 continues from where Aletheia left off. Luke 24, 32 to 34 in the New Living Translation says this. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us? on the road and explain the scriptures to us. And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. At the start of our gathering today, we declared that Christ is risen. But so much more than just words on a screen, it is a statement that should not only change our life, but also it should transform the way that we live. It should transform the way that we look at the world around us. 
even in the midst of COVID-19. Rather than being fear-filled, as followers of Jesus, we should be hope-filled. Hope-filled because we know how the story ends. At Northern, while other centres are closing their doors to face, to face contact, we believe that this is a God-given opportunity for us to stay open, to be good news in a world so full of fear and bad news. Absolutely, we do this with responsible ways as we care for the community, but also we care for our team as well. We are blessed with a team and the facilities that we believe can continue to be a transformative presence for people's lives. Today, we walk with others, perhaps not always literally, but certainly metaphorically. We walk with others through life and we have the most amazing life-transforming life narrative to tell about how Jesus has and continues to transform our lives. The account of Jesus walking with others helps us to understand how we can also walk with others as long as we long to see Jesus transform their lives. And so um, with many occasions uh, that we see in Jesus' life, Jesus starts his interaction with others with a question. A question that almost, as it were, peels back the layers of a person's life as they volunteer what's going on for them. Today's equivalent could be something like, how are you? Then probably a quick qualifier to follow, how are you really? Then following Jesus' lead, shut up and listen. Uh, listen is not just with your ears, but also with your heart. Listen to the words that are said, but also the content behind the words. Listen in an unhurried way. Listen without pat answers and bullet point theology, which is often taken out of context. Listen with a desire to understand the story, but also the person telling the story to understand them better. That takes time. But investing time in others shows that you value them and what's going on for them. But also, as it were, listen to God. You want to have one ear intently listening to the person speaking, but you also want to have one ear listening to the Holy Spirit speaking to you as well. You invite God to help you to see what's going on and where God is already at work in that person's life. After all, God was with them before you even got there. Then don't do what Jesus did. Don't call them foolish. That's not a recommended response. But do lovingly and at times challenge. Join the dots together. Join the dots between God's narrative, the God story, the God story in your life, and how you experience God at work in ways that are relevant and appropriate for them in familiar language to them. That's what Jesus did with these two on the road to Emmaus. They understood and they, they just needed to better grapple with the Old Testament scriptures. The more you know the Bible, the more you can recall stories of how God is at work, breathing life into the stories of the Old Testament 
the New Testament, the way that God is at work in your life and mine. It was great to hear um, how much people appreciated going through all of Mark's account of Jesus' life on Thursday night with Samantha reading the entire gospel in one sitting. And thanks, good on you, Sam, for doing that. For some, it was the first time that they had participated in reading a whole book of the Bible in one sitting. The whole of the Bible is God's living word. God has breathed life into it. And we are the ones that are missing out when we cherry pick and we only want to read this bit or that bit. But we also need to develop language around our story and how God is at work in our life. The more we are open to the narrative of God at work in us, the more we can share about how God is at work transforming us. And lastly, pray that the Holy Spirit would open the eyes of others to Jesus. Luke 24, 32 gives this account. Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? Our conversation with others should have people's hearts hungry for more of God, not overwhelm them with an information overload. Our prayerful desire is that we talk with them and that they're hungry for more, not that they're at a point where they've had a gut full of what we've had to say. You don't need to go to Bible college to do this. All it takes is for us to have an active love for Jesus and spending time with him regularly and an active love for others and a desire to get to know them and to care for them. After all, as followers of Jesus, we do well to follow Jesus' example of spending time, albeit figuratively, walking with others, especially now that the hunger for connection is high and when the questions of life are very present and very real. Let me pray. Jesus, on this Resurrection Sunday, we celebrate the fact that you are risen. You are risen indeed. We celebrate the fact that you have overcome death, that you have overcome the grave, and that you lead us into new life. Lord, we live on this side of the cross. We live on this side of the resurrection. And help us to allow the truths of you at work in our lives to continue to transform us, to enlighten us and to help us to better connect with you, but also with this message of good news that we would also better connect with others as well. Help us not to brush off tough questions, but with an ear to the questions and the questioner but also with an ear to you, Holy Spirit. Help us to be very present and the very real presence of you in those situations. Amen. So I wonder how we might respond today. Well, uh, once again, uh, I'd encourage you, uh, you can see uh, down the bottom of the screen where it says chat if you wanted to um, chat to Northern Community. So that will be a private message back to me. Um, you can respond in that way, 
or you can also send a text message or send an email to my response. But uh, there's a couple of questions that I invite you to respond to. One is how are you investing in your daily walk with Jesus? What are you doing now? You might have a bit more time on your hands, whatever it might be. How are you investing in your daily walk with Jesus? How might the Holy Spirit be, uh, or who might the Holy Spirit, sorry, who might the Holy Spirit be laying on your heart to walk with at this time? And lastly, pray for the opportunities to be God's transformative presence in the lives of others. So I invite you as we take some time, uh, we might even be able to have some music played. We'll see how we go. But as we do, uh, just pause and reflect. How are you investing in your daily walk with Jesus? Who might the Holy Spirit be laying on your heart to walk with? And pray for opportunities to be God's transformative presence in their life. Thanks. Mm -hmm.